Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I will be your host. Today I'm sharing a replay of a webinar on how to use brewery financials to drive profits. So what we're going to talk about is brewery financial literacy, the ability to read and understand the numbers of your business so you can monitor and improve results. Some of the highlights, the topics that will cover financial building blocks, we'll get into the chart of accounts, the general ledger, your brewery financial reports, give you an overview, talk about some examples. And then we'll get into some financial routines and month-end process that you can follow, some checklists to make sure that your numbers are complete, timely, and accurate. We'll also share some tips on building and training your team and some outsourcing options. So for now, please enjoy this webinar replay of how to use brewery financials to drive profits. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining today. Uh, This is a presentation we're going to talk about how to use your brewery financial statements to improve financial results. And that can be improving profits, cash flow, can be really whatever financial result you're trying to do better on. can be sales, margins, operating expenses, you name it. So really what we're talking about is financial literacy, that ability to read the numbers of your business, the financial numbers, so you can see what's going on the results that you're getting, and ultimately take action to improve on areas that may not be working so well. And alternatively, you can take action to do more of what is working well financially. So financial literacy, the ability to read, interpret the financial statements, really gives you the ability to project and predict what your future results are going to look like, and ultimately the ability to financially protect your business so you can predict and see what's what's coming down the pike. You know, and as breweries, we're focused on creating a better business these days, certainly creating better beer, but focusing on the business side. You know, our margin of error is smaller these days that with competition, with so many choices, with a pandemic, we've kind of got a lot going on. So a good working knowledge of the finances of our brewery can be really helpful to help us monitor, you know, financial results. And it's helpful to see what financial reports should look like. So we'll look at some examples in the presentation, share some templates with you that I've used. We'll get into the building blocks of the financials, talk a bit about the general ledger, chart of accounts, and ultimately so you can understand the financials so you can monitor and improve results in your brewery. So this is me. My name is Kerry Shumway. I'm a CPA, CFO, former CFO for a beer distributor in the Northeast, in New Hampshire and Vermont, a little bit of Massachusetts. And I'm currently a partner and CFO at Wormtown Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, I created Craft Brewery Financial Training, really an online resource, financial training resource for breweries. If you're not already subscribed, there's a free weekly newsletter. And I also offer a premium membership that provides unlimited access to financial training courses. So if you want to learn more about that, you just go over to the website and check it out. So for housekeeping items here, if you do have questions, just pop them in the chat area there. If something comes up after, or you'd rather just send me an email and deal with the question that way, I'm happy to to receive those. My email is here, carry at beerbusinessfinance.com. 
or if you'd like to set up a call, also happy to do that. Shoot me an email. We'll find a mutually convenient time uh, to chat. For resources and materials, I'm going to cover some spreadsheets here, and the course deck itself will be available. It's probably easiest if you want it and you want to email me, I can send it off to you. In the alternative, the spreadsheets are generally available on the website, so you can search for those uh, there, but certainly email me if you'd like a copy of these. Further reading on these topics, financial literacy, financial statements, you know, really how to read and interpret and use the information on your financials. A lot of, lot of articles on that at craftbrewerryfinancialtraining.com. So just head over to the site and search for those topics and they should pop right up for you. So our presentation today, what I'm going to cover, financial building blocks, you know, really get into the chart of accounts a bit so we understand what the structure is here. And the purpose of this is if, if, we, if we have a good chart of accounts, we really have a good foundation for our financial statements, for our financial reporting. So I find it's a good place to start. If you're already operating, you've already got a chart of accounts, you may find some things you, you want to change or edit or update. So I'll have a sample chart of accounts that you can use, compare against what you're already using and see if there's some changes you may want to make. The litmus test on this is if, if you're not getting what you want out of your financial statements, your financial reports, uh, the chart of accounts is, a, is really the place to look to uh, make some tune-ups. The general ledger, this is the location where all of our detailed financial transactions are located. Uh, so I get into this a little bit because it can hold some areas of opportunity if we review this on a regular basis and just watch what transactions are flowing through our business. It doesn't take long. It's not as painful as it might sound, but you, you really may find some uh, great opportunities to save some money or improve financial results in the general ledger. Next, we'll look at the brewery financial reports themselves. I'll kind of go through the big three reports, give you some examples, again, of, of models that you can use to summarize the financial reports and ultimately use the information uh, to improve results. Then we'll talk about financial routines, a month-end process that I use. You know, we talk about garbage in, garbage out. That's not what we want. We want a good process so we can have good information come out. We want to make sure that the numbers on our financial statements are as complete and accurate as possible. And one best practice on how to do that is, is to have a good month-end process with routines. And I'll share a checklist on this as well uh, that can help you implement that process if you don't have one already. And then ultimately using that checklist to help train your team so we're doing the right things on a regular basis. So we'll start with the chart of accounts, the building blocks here of the financial statements. So really, the chart of accounts is just a detailed listing of all the stuff you want to track and measure in your business. And the purpose of this listing is really to provide organization and structure for our financial statements. And the level of detail that we want to get to on this list is really going to be dependent on what type of information you want to see and how deep you want to go. And one thing I would say is, if we get too detailed with the list, it can become a little bit cumbersome to get things in the right accounts. So for example, I, I've done this in the past where we'll switch to a new general ledger and accounting package, and I have the opportunity to update our chart of accounts, and I just go bananas, and I, you know, I make an account for everything. And you know, I kind of learned over the years that while that sounds like a good idea, it can be a real challenge, again, to post things into the right account. When it, what ends up happening is the bookkeeper may be spending an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out which account an expense goes into. Or another thing that happens is the same type of expense tends to get booked into different uh, account numbers. So we've got some inconsistency. Uh, so it's just something to be aware of is the level of detail 
I generally say, you know, start, start simple, start small, focus really on what you need to see when you're constructing your chart of accounts. So the chart of accounts, again, a listing, and we, we do this listing in really four broad categories. We want our income accounts, that's our sales accounts, revenue accounts, our expense accounts, assets, and liabilities. So when we're constructing the chart, we're covering basically all the components of the income statement and the balance sheet within that list. That's the chart of accounts. The general ledger is the place where the chart of accounts lives and where all of our business transactions are recorded. And again, I think of the chart of accounts as a list and the general ledger you can think of as a big dusty accounting book that has all of the stuff in it. We record everything. Now, clearly we're using software now. We don't have, hopefully don't have a big book where we're writing stuff down, but that's how you may want to think about it in your mind to, to make a distinction between the chart of accounts as the listing, the general ledger is the place where the chart of accounts and all those transactions live. And again, it's, it's, it's something that it's a, uh, place where we can find uh, a, a lot of potential opportunities uh, for our business. So we'll get into that a bit later. So I want to go through the chart of accounts structure quickly and just kind of show you how the process works to construct the chart of accounts, or if you've already got one, how you might want to think about editing it. So we'd start with, and I'll just do an example of the four broad categories on the income statement for our chart of accounts. We have sales, cost of goods sold, margin, in operating expenses. So these are, again, the kind of the four major categories of the chart of accounts uh, within the income statement. So we'll start with each of these. Uh, you know, like any list, we want to break it down into smaller chunks. And starting with sales, we want to list out everything that we want to track relative to our revenue items. So in this example, maybe we're thinking of a we have a tap room, we have sales of draft beer, package beer, and merchandise. We essentially want to have an account that's specific to each of these types of revenue streams so that we can separately account for it, we can separately track it. Cost of goods sold section, we want to have, and this this isn't necessary, but I think it's a best practice. It's something that I like to do is for every sales item, I want to have a corresponding cost of goods sold item. So we had sales of draft beer, sales of package beer, sales of merchandise. I want to have a corresponding cost of goods sold so that I can quickly calculate the margin for each of these types of sales. So I can quickly look at my financial statements and see my margins on draft, package, and merchandise. And that can come in handy when you have an expectation of what your margin should be. And then you quickly look at your financials and you're like, wow, I, I thought we were making money on our merchandise. We're actually breaking it. You know, you might see some things quickly here uh, that you ordinarily wouldn't. So within our chart of accounts, if we structure it this way, for every sales account, we have a corresponding cost of goods sold account, quick and easy to see our margins. So we'll follow that process, sales, cost of goods sold, expenses, all the way through. And once we have that list built out, we're going to start adding in the numbers. And this is where I start maybe to lose people. You know, when we're adding in the numbers, it looks a little complicated and confusing. So I'll go through this fairly slowly. These are our general ledger account numbers, and these are going to provide for unique accounts. And it's a numbering structure just so we can keep things organized. It's very easy to duplicate accounts when we're just using descriptions. It's impossible to duplicate accounts when we're using account numbers. We can't have more, we can't have the same account number twice. So basically that's why the numbering comes in, but we want to start with the list and then we'll add the numbers at the end. So continue with that example, if in our sales section, uh, we've got, again, our sales of draft beer, package beer, and merchandise, we want to have a separate account for each one and a separate account number. But the sales category itself is going to allow us to roll up so if we want to see summary financial statements, maybe we want to just run uh, very short financial statements, the number 
corresponding to the sales category allows us to do that. We can roll up the sales of draft package and merchandise into one sales category. So this is generally the structure of the chart of accounts. And if you're using you know, something like QuickBooks or Sage, they'll provide for this type of structure where you can do these, these roll-up type accounts. The other thing we want to consider when we're setting up our chart of accounts is if we have separate business units. So the example that I've been kind of staying with is that you know, we've got, I'll just jump back to the slide, you know, draft, package, merchandise rolling through the tap room. So I've really got just one sales category. If you're selling through different paths to market, tap room, maybe through wholesale or through self-distribution, definitely recommend looking at accounting for these business units separately. And the reason for doing that is so that you really know what the relative financial results, the relative profitability of each business unit is. And one way to do that is by using these uh, department codes or business unit codes. So if you see here, I've still got the sales category under 4,000. And then I'm using, I'm going to show underneath that sales to taproom, self-distribution and wholesale. And I'm going to distinguish those numbers by using a business unit code. So here I have 4,000-01 sales through the taproom, 4,000-02 sales through self-distribution and so on. And that's going to allow me within my chart of accounts to separate each of the operations of these business units. And I'd continue this process from sales to cost of goods sold, expenses, and so forth, so that we can run kind of at the touch of a button once it's set up, we can run a financial statement on each of these business units and figure out what's going on. Because generally the tap room is very profitable. Maybe self-distribution is not profitable. And we may not know that unless we have these set up properly. You can always go in and kind of do some math and try to figure it out. But if we set it up this way and we account for it this way, uh, it's really quick and easy to see how we're doing uh, from a profitability standpoint on each of our business units. When we're done with the chart of accounts, we'll just have a big old list, uh, the general ledger number, the description of each of our chart of accounts. And that's going to allow us, you know, really just to kind of see what are all the things that we want to track, what are the numbers? What are the descriptions? Another thing you could add on here to expand upon the description is, you know, what types of things do you want to post within each of these accounts? So if the account itself is not descriptive enough, uh, you may want to indicate that. Ian's asking, can you combine the two chart of account approaches or are they two different ways to look at the business? Maybe you could clarify the question for me in terms of the chart. Oh, I see. Oh, let me answer it and you can tell me if this isn't what you meant. So for example, if we take... Uh, this approach. Let's say we have taproom self-distribution and wholesale. And I want to use 01 to be my taproom operations and 02 to be my self-distribution and so forth. Can I, underneath each of these taproom, self-distro and so forth, indicate the type of sales that I'm seeing? So for example, taproom draft, taproom package, taproom events or whatever. Yeah, I would, I would definitely do that. So I would say 4000-01 are my sales through the taproom. And then 4000 10-01 would be my sales through the taproom draft beer and so forth. So yes, certainly that's that's how I would set it up um, if you have those different lines of business. And, and the sales are going to be a little bit different. So sales to wholesale, for example, you know, we'll have draft package. Maybe we want to track cans. You know, we may not have merchandise sales. But yeah, I would definitely uh, set it up that way. So for the chart of accounts, uh, sample brewery chart of accounts, this link here in the presentation will take you to that. However, it's probably easier just Go to the website, search for a brewery chart of accounts. You can download that and, and check that and see how it compares to what you have. So I would just start as, for, as far as some action items. 
relative to your charitable accounts because it really is important. Uh, it's kind of the foundation, again, a building block of our financial reports. Uh, what is your account, uh, chart of account structure? You know, are you current, you currently using like that four digit 4,000 for sales? Do you have a business unit code? Maybe ask some question, why is it set up the way that it is? Does it make sense to you? Is it working? Uh, is there information that isn't being captured uh, that you think should be? So again, take that sample chart, compare it to your list. You can add and subtract as necessary and consider using those two digit business unit codes if that's relevant for your business. So from that, let's talk about the brewery financial reports. You know, these are the big three. Uh, you're likely familiar with all of these, the income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flows. Our income statement is going to track our sales, cost of sales, margins, operating expenses, and profit and loss. Generally, this is the statement uh, that everybody looks at. We want to know what sales are. We want to know if we made any money. We answer those two questions and then we move on. Uh, the balance sheet, uh, this is going to track our assets, things that we own, our liabilities, things that we owe, and equity or deficit, which is the difference between the two. So if assets are bigger than liabilities, we have equity. If liabilities are bigger than assets, we've got a deficit. So the income statement is going to show us the goodies, right? How is sales looking? Is there growth? How's profitability looking? Uh, the balance sheet is going to show us the relative health of our brewery business. And it's going to do that essentially through uh, the retained earnings section. And that's where you'll find an equity or deficit. Are assets bigger than liabilities or is it the other way around? Uh, it's not the end all be all, but it's a relative indicator of the health of your business. So the balance sheet, uh, again, tends to not get as much attention, but in my view, it's really the key to the financial health of your organization. And it's also a place where we can ensure that we've got good, accurate financial numbers. Mistakes tend to get hung up on the balance sheet and we need to clean them up. So we need to look at the balance sheet. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, in a bit on the process section. The last statement is the statement of cash flows. And as the name implies, it measures the flow of cash into and out of your brewery business. And this is different from the income statement, which measures only transactions. So certainly a point of confusion. Uh, why do we need a statement of cash flows? I got my income statement. You know, it shows I'm profitable. And the reason, of course, is that the income statement really doesn't care about the movement of cash. It's, it's only measuring transactions. It's recording sales when they're earned. It's recording expenses when they're incurred and we have an obligation to pay. The income statement doesn't care if that sale was collected today or never. It just knows there was a sale. Likewise, the expense on the income statement is recorded, uh, doesn't matter, doesn't care when we paid it or if we're ever going to pay it. So it's recording that expense. The cash flow statement, that's its job, is to tell us when the cash came in, tell us when the cash went out, and what the change in our cash position is. So we really need all three of these statements. So one thing I definitely uh, often recommend is if you're not running these three statements on a monthly basis now, see if you can do that. Include those in your financial reporting packet. Certainly a balance sheet, statement of cash flows, uh, some Accounting systems have some challenges with that, so that one gets a little a little tricky. Uh, but if you're able to run all three, you're going to get a 360-degree view of the financial results of your business. So the simple income statement uh, is, in my opinion, a really good place to start when we want to use financial statements to identify opportunities to improve financial results. And this is a five-line income statement from sales through net income. In this example, I'm showing us a year-to-date activity. And I want to see these line items as a percentage of sales. And I recommend trying this approach for several reasons. One is this is really all you need to see at a first glance on your income statement. It's short, 
in Suite. And it allows you to pick a couple of key metrics that you want to look at on a regular basis and see how you're doing uh, relative to what your expectations are. Now, the two things I look at on a regular basis, among other things, but the two things, margin and net income. So I want to know what is our margin for the period and how does that compare to my expectation? So if my expectation, which I, you know, we developed through our financial planning process is 45% margin. I run this report, I look at it and I'm at 42.5. So very quickly, I know something's up. I got to look at margin a little more deeply. Now net income, if my expectation through that process also is I want to be around 20% and this is showing me I'm at 15. Again, I need to dig in. Something's going on. Either sales are coming up short, operating expenses is, is going too high. But very quickly, I can use a very simplified report, use a couple of key metrics, use them as a percentage. They're just a lot easier to remember. Our margin expectation is X. What is your margin expectation? If it's 45%, right away you can see where you stand relative to that goal. So a simple income statement, uh, rather than getting bogged down with all the details, is a good place to start. We'll get to those details later. Now, expanding on this thought is to use what I'll call a real-time income statement. So we've got our same five-line income statement, sales through net income. And I'm going to add some stuff here. Looks maybe a little bit busy, but but bear with me. One of the challenges with financial statements is that they're historical. They've already happened. They're already done. And we're sitting here on October 7th. Probably won't get September's financial statements for another week or so. Uh, by then, September's over. It's too late to do anything about it. And half of October is gone. It's too late to fix what may have gone wrong in September that is now going in wrong in October. So that's a challenge. We really want real-time financial information so we can course correct in real time. And this scorecard may be a useful way for you to do that. So again, a simple income statement, sales through net income. On the left-hand side of this, I have actual October LY. So that's actual October last year. I want to know what we did last October from sales through net income. And I want to see that as a percentage of sales. On the right side, I've essentially got our financial plan, our budget, our October TY goal, October this year goal, and also as a percentage of sales. Now in the middle, so those two are kind of kind of standard, right? You know how to run last year, you know how to run your... The middle section is what is going on right now. It's October 7th. What is our trend right now in sales through net income? Now, most folks, we track sales, we probably look at sales most every day. So that's pretty easy. We already know what that is. Do we trend it out through the balance of the month? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think we know generally right now what our sales look like through October 6th or 7th. Uh, most of our systems can tell us that. Where it gets tricky is, do we know the margin? Do we know our operating expenses? Yeah, probably not. Because we can't, well, how do I know that? You know, the month's not over. The purpose of the scorecard is to say, we've got to figure it out. We can figure it out. And the way that I approach this is the trend for October TY, October this year, is going to show us where we're headed right now. And it's going to be a combination of what we've actually incurred, what our actual results are for sales, and what our expectation is for the balance of the month. And our expectation can be based on our forecast. You know, we have a budget. Do we still think it's valid? It can be based on, well, you know, sales are softer than I thought. We're going to, we're going to uh, trend that down a little bit. So that's sales. Margin can be a little more challenging. Like what, what is my margin going to be? Well, let's look at our margin reports. If we have brewery software, we can see what we're selling, what our margin trends look like. So again, we've already sold product for the month. What's the relative margin on that? What is our forecast calling for the balance of the month? And what is our margin on those products? Operating expenses. Again, we can look to our financial plan. Most of operating expenses 
many of them we can get our hands around. You know, what are our biggest operating expenses? Payroll. We probably know what our payroll is going to be within a degree of accuracy. We, you know, lease expense. We know what that's going to be. Uh, utilities, probably pretty consistent if we look historically. So we can do this. It takes a little bit of doing, uh, but I think the, the payoff is well worth it. So consider something like this, a simple income statement that shows you what we did the same month last year, what our financial goal is for this year, and what our trend is mid-month so we have real-time information. Now, the income state, you know, I've been focusing on a five-line income statement, just trying to keep it simple. Obviously, there's a lot more details uh, on the income statement if we need to expand. If we see issues in sales or margins or expenses, we need to dig into the details. So for under each category sales, uh, we've got all of our, all of our details. And I like to look at it as a percentage of sales. I also like to layer in, you know, what the plan is for the given month, just so I can kind of see the comparisons, but certainly lots of details. Start simple. You can go more detailed later. Um, your income statement, you know, can be as long as you like, but I recommend starting, starting small. So I wanted to, uh, kind of quickly take you through some scorecards that you, that you can use that are outside of the traditional income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow that might be a little bit more approachable. And it's really a, a way to summarize that financial data and create scorecards around your most important numbers. And sales is obviously an important number. So I'll share with you a sales scorecard that you can try. And then other key metrics that you might want to capture and monitor. So here's what one can look like. This is my favorite scorecard for the tap room. Uh, so first you identify what are the key metrics, the key things you want to track. Total sales in dollars, sales growth, average spend per customer, how many customers are visiting, what are we seeing for revenue per barrel, you know, how well are we monetizing uh, those barrels through the tap room. And I want to take a similar approach as we did kind of on our income statement where I want to see actual same month last year. Now in this example, I have June, but let's pretend it's October. So actual last year month, and then our goal for this year, the current month, and then our trend. So take that same approach. What are our actual sales so far through the tap room? What is our actual sales growth? How does that compare to our goal? What are we seeing for average spend per customer and so forth? Just a real quick, easy way uh, to provide your goals, see what you actually did last year as a basis for comparison, and then show some trends going forward. Key metrics, um, you know, these can be anything you like. You know, my particular favorites, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, margin, I think is super important. One of the things I wanted to focus on was payroll as a percentage of sales. You know, payroll can get away from us really quickly. So using that as a key metric, identifying historically what you've had um, and setting uh, goals to improve. So a key metric scorecard might look like this. We might have, again, our same actual same month last year, our goal for this year, and our trend. So staying with payroll, it's a percentage of sales. Our goal is to be around 18%. Last year, we were at 18.5, so we're trying to improve a little bit. If we've got industry averages, we can layer those in. And I get this question a lot, you know, where do I find these things? You know, I have a course on this, the Ultimate Guide to uh, Brewery Metrics. We can check that out. Certainly, the Brewers Association has these. You know, my feeling on industry averages, for the most part, is that it's best to track against your own historical performance. You know, I think these rules of thumb... You know, they can be interesting. They can also be distractions. So my recommendation is, you know, really benchmark against yourself, measure your past performance and set a goal to improve. So I'll wrap up here with financial process. You know, as I said at the top, good process, we get good numbers. So we got to, you know, table stakes, we got to hire the right person, skill sets, experience. But once we get them in, we got to train them so they understand our business 
and they have a process and routines that they can follow. And that we've also set up audits and cross checks. So we hire the right person, we give them the process, and then somebody's got to come in and make sure we're actually following that process. So that can be you, that can be a manager, that can be an outside CPA or a banker, a team of people that can help you. Here's a checklist that you can use. This is just kind of a cut and paste of it. Uh, but basically what we have here is a listing of all the things that we need to do in a given time period to make sure our numbers are complete and accurate, to make sure we can close out the month. So a month-end checklist. And this is available on the website. Just search for, for a month-end checklist, brewery month-end checklist, and you'll be able to find it. So we're just going to list out what we need to do. You know, we're accountants, finance people. we got to do journal entries, got to record the payroll, uh, do our depreciation expense, all that good stuff. We have to reconcile the bank statements and so forth. So we list out all the things to do. And again, the checklist will have, there's a couple dozen things on here that are, that are pretty standard. Then we need to have a due date. Got to have a due date for stuff. If we want to work backwards from the date we want to publish our financials, we want to list the person who's responsible, who's going to do it, and check when it's completed. So pretty straightforward, not too complicated. It's good enough for airline pilots, good enough for our finance and admin team. Just make sure the right things get done on time and that we've got accountability because process is really everything when it comes to our financial statements. Good process, good numbers. We trust the numbers and we get them on time. So to wrap up and just give you some action items, you know, the financial building blocks, the chart of accounts, look at your chart of accounts. What does the structure look like? Compare it to uh, that sample that you can find on the website uh, see if there's any edits that you want to make. The general ledger, you know, spend some time with this, you know, weather's getting cold. You can curl up with a good general ledger and kind of look through and see what your transactions are. You might find some surprise. I almost can guarantee you'll find some support. Like, what is this expense? Why are we paying? So check that out. Run your general ledger. Uh, get get familiar with it. The brewery financial reports, again, I'm a big fan of that five line, simple income statement, use percentages, have an expectation, start with margin and then income or whatever is most important to you. Those are my two go-to key metrics that I'm looking at. And then financial routines, if you've already got a month-end process that, that's working, that's great. You can have confidence in your numbers. If you don't, check out this checklist. Uh, there's reconciliations in there best practices, and you can use it as a tool to share with your team so we're doing all the right stuff. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, Get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.